Welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano from Feliciano Financial Group. In this podcast, brothers and certified financial planner professionals, Jose and Jeff, explain that money is just a tool to achieve the things you want in life, a tool to make the decision to live life on purpose. They draw from years of experience to demonstrate that when your money aligns with your goals, you can live a purposeful life. Because when your vision is clear, your decision is easy. Hello and welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Gentlemen, how are you today? Fantastic. Unbelievable. Thank you. All right. Well, I know that I, I'm pretty excited. I mean, this is this is a, a topic that um, I know my friends and I have talked about, uh, you know, and we're in that 45 to 50 range, uh, all of us. Uh, and uh, the question has come up before, how much money do I need to retire? And, and do I have enough? And, and all of us said, no, we have we don't have enough. <laughs> right now, we definitely don't have enough, uh, but we don't even know what that looks like. How much money do we need? And I know that you guys get this question all the time. So you're going to talk about it today on today's podcast, right? Yeah, you know, so it's, 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 we want to plan well for the future. And sometimes it's a tough thing to do because uh, life changes. As we tend to grow, we accumulate more, we get accustomed to more. Uh, but it is important. We hear it a lot. Uh, hey, I, I just want to make sure I have enough. And, you know, in order to get there, you just have to think certain things through. you got to project into the future and uh, come up with a plan to make sure that whatever steps you're taking today, that it puts you closer to being on track for the type of tomorrow or what kind of retirement income that you're, you're expecting. And, you know, the common questions we always get, you know, is people are, you know, concerned about their cash flow projections, like Jeff just said. And So uh, besides this main question, right, you know, how much do I need to re- to retire? Um, there's obviously got to be other questions within that. So what other questions are you guys getting? I would say for me, uh, I get a lot of questions about Social Security. What do I do with Social Security? Should I take it at 62? Should I take it at 67? You know, do, should I take it now? And, um, you know, when should I... Cl- claim it uh you know what happens if my spouse if i pass away what happens if my spouse pass away how social security works but those are the common questions that that uh, that i'm often asked so how do you answer that well i mean it depends it depends on what their cash flow is it depends what their goals and what they're trying to accomplish um, uh, of course when do they plan to retire uh, what do they expect the inflation rate to be between now and the time that they retire uh, you know, a lot of questions lead to other questions. I mean, they mm-hmm. plan on going to a smaller house in the future or move to a bigger home. So we've got to, uh, and what are their assets? I mean, where are they at today? And and um, uh, what are they doing with those assets? And uh, of course, tax uh, uh, bracket, what tax bracket are they in? Because uh, some Social Security benefits, you're actually taxed on the benefit. So, you know, it really does. You're always going to hear a certified financial planner say it depends. It depends on what your situation is. So that's how we address those uh, Social Security concerns, that it really de- depends on what their situation is. And no one, there's never two plans that are alike. Yeah, and, and when you're saying it's all individualized, each person has their own map of how their cash flow works, right? So whether they've got a pension, which you know I know not a lot of people have, but maybe they've got IRA or 401k or, you know, a Roth, or they've got other investments that they're going to be able to pull from, uh, you know, you're limited if your only retirement is social security, right? That's not a good thing. We all know that. So I would assume that people would be asking, how do I manage which, you know, which pile of money or bucket of money or however you want to phrase it, I pull from first and, and social security is a big part of that because of 
you know, the age restrictions and, and different rules that you guys have talked about on other podcasts on how Social Security works. So when it comes to cash flow, what's your general rule of thumb for folks? Yeah, let me let me comment on that, because I think uh, you, you go in a particular order. I think retirement means different things to different people. Uh, we all have, you know, various things that's important to us, a different perspective on, you know, things that we want to accomplish. So, you know, thinking through, I think the first step is is give thought to, you know, at what point in life do I want to work because I'm enjoying what I'm doing? Um, but, uh, how do I get myself in a position to where I'm working because I want to, not because financially I have to. Uh, so when you think of, when you think of it along those lines, you do have to kind of think out into the future and all right, what do I want my retirement to look like? What are the things that are most important? Uh, what kind of lifestyle do I want to have and give thought to that first piece, which is, you know, the reality at a certain point in the future, whether it's 60, 62, 65, 70, we just have to start with a baseline. So if it's 65, all right, so how much income do I have to have? Forget where it comes from. That's irrelevant at this point. But, you know, cash flow income, do I have to have not just pay bills, but to put myself in a position that I'm comfortable uh, with the quality of life that I want to. So that's, that's where it starts is you think about it in today's dollars uh, because you can do math and there's financial software and programs that can project that out with inflation and reasonable assumptions and rates of return. But you got to give thought to what's your number. You know, there's a lot of rule of thumbs, 80 percent of working income, 50 percent, 70 percent, 10 times you need a million dollars at the end of the day. What do you the easiest way to look at it is if I'm living like I'm living now. How much income do I need on a consistent basis to pay bills and and take care of the things that are important to me? And then from there, you can make your adjustments. You know, you can back out the mortgage if it's paid for. Hopefully kids are grown up and gone. You can back their expenses out. Uh, There may be a few expenses that you can back out that maybe you won't have at that time uh, to get to more of what your number is. I'm a you know, rule of thumbs are great, but at the end of the day, your number is your number. Uh, so it's important for you to calculate that. And, you know, we find the best way is, is, is starting with your spending habits now and uh, what that looks like. Because uh, then at the end of the day, you're going to decide or have to make a decision. Is it realistic? Is it not? Do I have to save more? Do I not? Do I have to work longer? Do I not? But that's kind of where it starts. And I would add right there, maybe three. the bottom line of three conclusions is, do I need to save more? Do I need to earn more on the assets that I have? Or do I need to spend less in retirement? So, Or am I, am I in good shape? So that's what people just really want to know is where they're at uh, based on what they're trying to accomplish. And then I think it's an ultimate peace of mind. Yeah, I, I think that most people approach it like this. I want to make sure that I have a roof over my head. I want food on the table. I want the, the, you know, everything to be in good working order and I, I want to be healthy, right? And I want to have enough to, to be able to go to the doctor and go to the dentist and, and take care of my vision and all that jazz. That That's the bottom line retirement, right? I mean, that that is the, I want to make sure that everything's good. If I don't have money to go out to the movies and go out to eat and go on vacations, fine. Give me a deck of cards. I'm okay, right? At least I'm Okay. And then from there, that's when they start thinking about lifestyle stuff. What would I like to be able to do? I'd like to be able to travel. And, and I know that we've talked about on this podcast before that um, I think it's the slow go 
no go or go you know go go slow go and no go year something like that I think is what you said and it's it's that first part of retirement you want to be able to spend that time traveling and doing the things that your body will allow you to do and I, I think that's where people kind of limit their their dreaming and their their thoughts about what you could possibly have in retirement and just really try to focus on you know the minimal how do you get people to expand their vision and say you can do so much more and have, have more fun or be spend more time with family or, or like you said, legacy planning, you could do more for your family. Yeah. So I like to, I, th- I think that's a great point. And I think that's probably a better uh, reality of breaking them into two. You know, I mean, we all, there's certain, there's a certain level of income that has to come in for all of us to pay basic bills, insurance, food, shelter, um, just the stuff that, that it takes just to live. Right. Uh, but there's the other part, which is why some of us work so hard. Uh, you know, we work hard, we work extra, we save more because, you know, at some point we want to do things. We want to see the world. We want to travel. We want to experience our kids and grandkids and, you know, whatever the situation is. And uh, so people see things, number one, they see them different, uh, you know, and, and number two, they're accustomed to different lifestyles. So whatever fits you. But I do like the idea of separating the two. What, what does it take to take? basic bills, live a good life, uh, be very comfortable. And then what is that extra of the second home or the vacation home or the, I want to spend an extra 10, 20, 30,000 a year traveling. I want to send, I want the whole family and extended family to go on a big vacation once or twice a year. You know, so it's, it's, if you think of them in two different parts, then obviously you'd run your planning assumptions on what it takes today to live and last until you're 80, 85, 90, uh, whatever you're using for mortality. And then number two, if I need that extra 20, 30, 40, 50,000 a year, then maybe I look at it all right, from 65 to maybe 80 or 85. I want this extra uh, because you're right. Um, you know, you're in the best health of your life now. And usually uh, when people get in their 80s, 85, 90s, you know, they, they don't go and travel and do the things that they did when they were 50 and 60. You know, it could be health reasons. It could be they just don't care anymore. Or they just rather sit around and, uh, uh, you know, spend time with family and grand, babysit the grandkids and, and live that kind of life. But uh, just too important not to think it through. And you, you know, when going back, you know, kind of like the hierarchy of needs, you know, people, you, normally when you say, okay, what's important about money to you, you know, like Jeff just said, you know, it could be travel. It could be a sense of security. And of course, security means different things to different people. But then once they have all that baseline covered, then then what? If you're in that position, then what? Usually it's always the next level always goes to helping others, serving others, helping family, uh, having an impact on the community and things that are really important to them about serving others. And then I always like to ask, you know, hey, let's say you're at that place. You know, what's important about helping others to you personally? Well, it's my purpose in life and it's living life on purpose. It's my God calling, uh, to do that. And whatever, you know, the, 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 those, uh, I call it Nirvana. So when you're at that place, I think that's the ultimate peace of mind, but, but it's, uh, going through a process of, of getting people to discover for themselves what they're trying to accomplish and what that picture looks like. And then normally when they're there at that place and they know they're there or they're heading there based on all the actions that are taken, then it's about serving others. And you really don't have to be wealthy to serve others. Uh, it, it could be time. It could be money. It could be, you know, serving and helping church. 
but it's always it seems like it's as far as human nature goes you want to be able to help others uh, and it makes you feel good and i think that's uh that's that's it's important to align those values up okay so let's talk about protection a little bit because i think that uh, as far as retirement you can have this picture of course you, you see pictures on the tv of all these companies showing you know two people walking down the beach hand in hand in perfectly white clothes with a sailboat out there which is just BS because we know that you don't wear white clothes on the beach they get dirty really quickly anyway but that's the dream that they're selling you right and only in pictures yeah that's right because they can they can cut and retake and do wardrobe change uh, but you know that doesn't cover other things right I mean that that's the I want to live life the way I want to live life I want to enjoy my time I want to you know have these different things but if you don't protect yourself, and I'm, I'm thinking specifically of a couple different things with like a disability situation or, or long-term care, which I know is something you've spoken about before, how, how do you help somebody navigate that? It's not just how much money do I need for retirement. How do I protect myself in retirement and the funds that I have? Do you mind if I – let me jump back one step and then let me come to that uh, because I think that – I don't want to take for granted for the listening audience, but – you know, it, it is as important it is to understand cash flow and what we think we may need in retirement. Uh, once we figure that part out, um, you know, then we've got to think through, okay, now where does the income come from? Uh, like Jose mentioned and you had mentioned earlier, right, some of it's going to come from Social Security. Some of it may come from teacher's retirement or ERS or pension plans or whatever the case may be. But what we've got to get to is we've got to get to a determination of, all right, how much income do we need with reasonable assumptions and so forth? Where does the income come from? And is there a gap or not? You know, if we're short, are we on track? Are we over track? Uh, are we using worst case scenarios with interest rates and inflation rates? But you got to get to that point because then we've got to decide, all right, if we're not on track, well, what do we need to do differently today in order to be on track? What do we need to save a month, a quarter, a year? Um, and then take a look at, uh, all right, if that's the case, then what's available through work? What's available under the tax law? If I do need to save an extra two, three, four thousand a month, what type of vehicles do I use in order to bridge the gap between the two? So I just wanted to stress that real quick because one, yes, let's determine our number, but then we've got to really figure out are we on track or not and make the appropriate adjustments, the sacrifices today in order to bridge tomorrow. I was going to say then on top of that, the answer to your question, you know, what are the risks involved? Well, it depends what age you are, but who's to say you're going to be here next year? So, you know, what are the risks? You can be um, require some type of assisted living facility, adult daycare, nursing home, home health care. You can become disabled. You can have a health issue and have long-term care of some sort. So those are the risks that's involved. And I think that uh, eliminating, not eliminating, but uh, uh, either shifting that risk or you can self-absorb that risk um, um, either way. But those are things that people think about, you know, what if something happens to me? I want to make sure my family's taken care of. So there is a, an assessment that we have to do on the insurance side that what if you don't make it to retirement? What do you want to have happen with your family and, and the next generation? Yeah. So let me dive. Um, let me let me let me pick those apart real quick. You know, so just for to think through. All right, so number one, I can have the best plan in place, right? Um, I know where I want to be. I know where I am now. And I know what I'm going to need to save or pay myself X amount of dollars in order to get there. So, you know, two issues to look at. Number one, what if I pass away prematurely? 
where's the money going to come from? So that's fine. I'm not here. But how does my wife now or my husband, uh, where does the money come from in order for them to save for the future and have an adequate retirement? So you got to look at that and what type of impact that has on the people around you. Number two is what if I do have a stroke or a heart attack or I'm in a car accident and I get disabled and I can't work? I haven't passed away, but I can't work. So obviously I can't save the kind of money that I was. So I need to take a hard look at that. And if, uh, if that were to happen, all right, do I buy some disability insurance? Where would the money come from? And I got to figure out how to address that. Um, you know, but those things are two real scenarios that that'll prohibit you, you know, from being on track is the inability to earn an income. Um, I think one of the things that we talk about quite a bit is, all right, even if I am retired, I'm within three to five years of retirement or whatever the case may be, what are the biggest risks that I have of derailing my retirement? Uh, obviously, one is stock market risk. What if the market dropped like it did in you know, March of last year or 2015-16 or 11 or 08 09? And the market drops 10, 20, 30 percent. Am I diversified like I thought I was? You know, so may have to look at my portfolio design and see what adjustments and stress test it and make sure that I can sustain some kind of a blow early on. So there's a big risk. Uh, The second would be uh, what if me or my wife needed care and we had to go into a nursing home? and spend thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year to help to help provide care, where does that money come from? So, um, you know, thinking those things through are important and you do need to give some thought to not only what a good offense is, but defensively, all right, if these contingencies happen, how do we address it within the scope of what's reasonable, what's affordable, um, and uh uh, you know, with the realities of the resources that we have. So we covered, I mean, a lot about preparing for retirement. You know, do I have enough, so on and so forth. So we've talked about the kind of the base, right? Having enough to pay every bill, take care of health, and and but not all the, you know, the extras. Then we talked about the extras, being able to kind of schedule that in. So you're maybe you're vacationing and going out to eat and having a good time and taking the family on vacation. But even beyond that, I know that, uh, you know, my heart's desire is to be able to set up my grandkids and my great-grandkids uh, in the future with some, maybe some education money, um, maybe some, you know, some other help. I'd, I'd love to be able to help them purchase their first car and, and, uh, do some of that kind of thing. So that's above and beyond, right? How do you, how do you kind of factor that in? You know, one thing we all think about is, you know, what if something happens to me or what happens to my wife, or if we're both gone, you know, we would love to have a smooth transaction to our kids and our grandkids and people we care about. And just making sure we got it structured that way. I mean, you might have child A that can would, you know, they say all the 90% of all inheritances are gone within 18 months. So there's some kids you have to put structure on and some kids you don't. You know your own kids. Then there's the situations where you have a husband and wife that's been, you know, has two kids apiece from a previous marriage and, and two together. So there's different plans for different situations. But, but just the reality of knowing that and uh, that if one of the spouse does pass away, what if the other one remarries? Uh, you know, just want to make sure that your assets go on to your down to your bloodline. Everybody has different purposes of what they want to accomplish, but those are the common things that you know people normally want a smooth transaction from one generation to another. And if you can avoid or eliminate taxes, they want to do that. 
and uh, just making sure that they have structure in place to carry out not only the assets itself, but, um, you know, they can add, like we talked about in the previous show, an incentive trust. You don't want to spoil your kids and you worked hard for your money. So you want to put incentives in place that are important to you that you can pass on to the next generation. So those are, um, um, and then of course, taxes, you have to figure taxes in, in all this. And uh, I've never seen anybody say they'll want to pay more taxes than they, they do. Yeah, you know, so I, I think the, the important point to carry is, uh, number one, it's up to you. Uh, so you have to call time out. You have to think through. You have to lay out what uh, you want your future to look like. Uh, you have to uh, take a hard look at where you are today and make sure that you're taking the proper steps of what needs to be done in order to put you in a better shape for the future. Um, I recommend that you know you do that first so you know that you've got a plan in place and you're taken care of. Uh, if we are, then step two, obviously we want to leave whatever's left to our kids, grandkids, churches, charities, uh, to the people and things that we care about, but you know, not to the extent that it sacrifices your well-being and ability to pay bills. So I think you start there. Uh, then from there, you know, we see a lot of times, all right, I do want to set something up for my grandkids and maybe their college education. Uh, you know, I do want to uh, set something up to help my kids and, and their spouses, uh, you know, get a good kickstart in life. Uh, I do want to make sure that ultimately if something happens to both of us, that I've got the proper structure to keep everything private, uh, as avoid as much probate as possible, and in the, in the event that I've been fortunate enough to really save and accumulate wealth that maybe I give some thought to putting a little bit of structure to it so that it can last generation to generation to generation. But uh, I think if you can go in that order, um, you know, call time out, get those things done and thought through with proper adjustments and uh, assumptions, reasonable assumptions, then uh, the better choices you make, the better it affects not just you, but the people that you care about as well. And one thing to add to that, you know, about, I don't know, maybe eight or nine podcasts ago, uh, we had uh, one podcast on crucial conversation with parents and, of course, crucial conversation with your kids. So you may want to go back to that, that if you really want to make it a family issue and let everybody know what your vision is. And I think communication is the key to everything. So, you know, go back to those podcasts and hear those out if you have challenges talking to family members. Yeah, I think communication is the key. You guys have said it before, and I agree 100%. Um, and that's why I love what you do with this podcast. I mean, this is your way of communicating uh, a lot of thoughts, a lot of ideas, and a lot of wisdom uh, to your audience. So I want to thank you for that. As we draw to a close today, are, do you have any closing thoughts? You know, I do. I, we had a situation today, um, we have them quite often, that, you know, there's different family dynamics, right? Uh, you know, especially with the older generation, it's not uncommon that the the man takes care of most of the finances. Uh, some families, it's the woman that takes care of the finances and is more detail-oriented. But whatever your family dynamics are, we see all too often that um, you may have one of the spouses feels real good. they got a good grip on where everything is, where it comes from, and so forth. But sometimes you, you have situations to where there's a lot of assets. There's a lot of real estate. There's a lot of property. There's a lot of business assets. But one or two of the spouses, they just don't feel secure because they just don't see it. 
They don't see where the money's going to come from. If, you know, when they get to retirement, which buckets are they going to use or which assets are they going to use or what do they need to sell first in order to generate the income? So there's a little bit of a peace of mind that comes with, all right, let's get everything on paper. Let's get everything organized. Let's get everything clearly communicated. So that way we feel good and confident about the choices that we make today with money, how they tie together and how they impact you know, uh, the decisions that we make tomorrow and just a clear understanding of, of what we have, where it is, how it works, and where does the money come from. And it tends to bring a lot of security and confidence within a, uh, a, a couple and can alleviate uh, some of those worry, uh, worrisome thoughts. I think we all could use it with a little less stress, right? <laughs> so, Yeah, and I, I think, uh, you know, we emphasize quite a bit on simplify and and, and make things, you know, really organize people's estates. And when you have that, then you feel more in control. And you know that if something does happen to your spouse, that not only that you know what's happening, it makes it easier for your kids too. Well, gentlemen, again, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate all you bring to the table. And uh, I, I know the listening audience does as well. Always enjoy sharing, no doubt about it. We're learning as we're going, but every situation is different. And there's never two plans that are alike, that's for sure. Speaking of that, if somebody wants to talk to you about their situation and their possible plan, whether they work with somebody else or, or they don't work with anybody at this point, what's the best way to get a hold of you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can call us at the office at 903-533-8585 or visit the website at www.felicianofinancial.com. Thank you again. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Live Life on Purpose podcast with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when the guys come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Feliciano Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live life on purpose. Thank you for listening to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Feliciano Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.